Welcome to another edition of the Morning Briefing. I'm Jeff DeForest, along with Mike Luby Lubitz, and thrilled to be here on NoFilter.net, Caffeine TV. It turns out, Luby, we discovered, lo and behold, that uh, either we're reading the numbers uh, completely wrong and incorrectly, we're like Mario Cristobal trying to look at the uh, play clock and saying, oh, well, let me see, I got 35 seconds, I only got to kill 33, what should I do? Why don't I run the ball? Take a chance that my guy might fumble. And then uh, subsequently give up 74 yards through the air to a quarterback who's been a stiff the entire ball game, and uh, lose a game to Georgia Tech, uh, one of the uh, lower entries uh, in the ACC, and blow my entire season all at once. <laughs> That's it. It gets back to it gets back to uh, CEOs of companies too. I mean, uh, we, we were thinking about this earlier this morning, where uh, and this was very popular in the radio business, especially which we were in for many many years. And uh, over the years, uh, you were going to encounter a couple of these type of meetings where the CEO of the company, in this case, uh, our last stop was iHeartRadio, iHeartMedia, and the CEO was a guy named Bob Pittman. Yes. And Pittman had a great reputation in the business, except that uh, if you really looked at his resume, he had buried more franchises than Mike Tannenbaum. <laughs> he had iHeartMedia $30 billion in debt. They were swimming in a sea of red ink, the likes of which uh, we haven't seen since Sam Bankman Freed's investors. <laughs> By the way, that girlfriend on the stand. Whew. I love how pissed It's going to be a tough one to overcome. I, I don't know what kind of uh, legal help that uh, Bankman Freed has. I hope he's not dealing with a public defender. Some guy that looks like he just slept in the trunk of his car with a tacky jacket on as if he had, uh, you know, opened up a used car lot uh, somewhere just on the outskirts of town, maybe outside of Las Vegas. They're selling you some tires on your way back to uh, L.A. But um, anyway, I mean, uh, the CEO used to have these uh, mass meetings and they would call everybody in there and they would tell you for uh, what? About 20 minutes, how wonderful it was to have a collection of talent so creative and so dedicated and so likely to put us over the top that it doesn't matter that we're trillions of dollars in debt. I know you guys are going to help us make it. It was like listening to Joel Osteen as he was telling Nick Walenda, don't worry about the win, Nick. Don't worry about the win. <laughs> and then they shoot back, they pan back to Joel Osteen. He's on the side of the cliff there making out with, with uh, Nick Walenda's wife. Because <laughs> his uh, poor tightrope is uh, shaking. Over what? I mean, uh, you're talking about the Grand Freaking Canyon, for God's sake. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> So, you know, you knew it was phony baloney, and then they would have the shill guy that was uh, also the number one DJ or whatever. He was the only guy that was actually making any money and had a five-year yep. secure yep. contract. Yep. And so uh, he would pose the question, uh, or not even the question, just, just uh, this uh, leading the witness sort of thing where he says, uh, gee, Bob, uh, you've accomplished a lot since you've been the CEO of this company in a short period of time, overcoming many obstacles. Would you say it's fair to assume that the direction of this company and all of the people in this room is a fairly positive one? <laughs> and uh, Pittman, now, and you know, then respond. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Doc, for asking that question. Meanwhile, they're carrying people, producers, guys that, that are scrambling to make a living, that, that, that have the dream of being in this business and see it as this uh, just wonderful ride all the way to the top. They're being carried out in body bags at a parking lot to uh, directly go to their cars, which are being repossessed as this is taking place. This is corporate management. And, and uh, the reason I bring this up is uh, we're still trying to figure out and uh, gather a position on this whole Mario Cristobal thing as uh, we analyze what to do 
with North Carolina laying three and a half against the University of Miami. <laughs> was that a roundabout, roundabout way of getting there around Louis? I think There's it was. always a gambling angle. Yeah. <laughs> it took you 10 minutes to get there. <laughs> but here's the real gamble. And, and you know, we, we often profess this, and, and it is absolutely true. And uh, we were also advising our degenerate friends in the audience to just every morning, instead of, you know, fooling yourself that, hey, you know what, I'm a great gambler. I tell you what, I, I might be on a 17-game losing streak, but I really know what the fuck I'm doing. Just stand in front of the mirror as I am staring <laughs> into the camera right now and say to yourself, I'm a loser. Exactly. And I'm not what I appear to be. Just accept it. <laughs> accept it. You're a loser. It, it's called gambling, not winning. And, and you're a loser. And, and then on top of that, Beyond the money that you actually lose making wagers uh, on a regular basis, the bets that you don't make are the most mind-boggling, most difficult things, biggest obstacles that you will ever have to overcome. And the case in point being this, because we often say, Luby, what? That you should listen and be able to observe and interpret the signs from the gods of gambling. No? Yes, yes. This probably is the most critical thing. Never mind bankroll. Never mind uh, handicapping acumen. Never mind your overall knowledge of sports, which is uh, computer-like, and you're able to uh, go ahead and make a line that even the line makers look at and go, wow, I had to come up with that number. That's a good one. Um, you know, it, you can have all of the mathematical expertise that you want, be an expert at sabermetrics and analytics and all of these other things, but you can't necessarily handicap a 50-to-1 shot out of uh, you know, what would be commonly referred to as just basic, simple logic. You have to learn how to read the signs. And uh, sometimes you will get those signs, which uh, Luby and I did with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, although we failed to not only recognize the signs, but we failed to act in any kind of uh, rational and or reasonable and profit-motivated fashion. And, and here's the thing. The, the first time I went to a racetrack, Luby, and you know this story, but it happens to be true. And I, I should have I should have seen right then and there what, what my fate was going to be. <laughs> Two friends and I go to Roosevelt Raceway. We were in high school at the time uh, on Long Island in New York. And uh, we go to Roosevelt Raceway, which was uh, at harness racing, believe it or not, at that time. What was a very prominent sport. I mean, they would draw like 10, 15,000 out there to Roosevelt for the crowd. Uh, you know, a Friday night card. And uh, we go out there and we were pulling a $2 wager. Between three guys, 67 cents a piece. Uh, you know, comparable to the times, uh, you know, maybe that would be like betting a 20 today. That, that's possible. All right. So uh, we're pulling this. We're kids. We don't really have a lot of money. And uh, we're more than happy. It, it has enticed us and uh, increased the excitement factor of watching these races by immeasurable proportions. Uh, so we finally, we hit the get out race. Uh, the last race on the card, we hit an exacta. And we get back like 67 bucks for our deuce, and we couldn't believe it. And we, we were just overwhelmed with uh, joy and euphoria. And uh, we, we go out uh, feeling this uh, sensational high. We hadn't even started smoking weed yet. We weren't even doing drugs. Our, our drug our, was the adrenaline that you got from, uh, A, winning, and B, uh, being at a sporting event. Yeah. And we go out to the parking lot, Luby. And sure enough, my friend had borrowed his mother's car, a brand-new Chevrolet Impala with uh, white uh, with a red interior, it was a spectacular car. It would be a classic. It would be something that you would see in a car show today, except for the fact <laughs> that it was burnt to ash by the time we got out <laughs> to the parking lot. Because the guy I brought along, of course, 
was smoking a cigarette, which people really didn't do, uh, that were uh, in our circle of friends. And uh, he left an ash on the back seat, apparently, and uh, with the window cracked a small piece, that ignited, caught fire. And uh, so we had to explain to uh, my friend Cliff's mother, uh, we're okay, but uh, we won't be bringing the car back tonight. <laughs> now, what was the sign there? Yes, Gods of gambling. Batman. They gave you your greatest victory, one of the most <laughs> thrilling moments I've ever had in, in the sporting life that I've lived. And, uh, you know, your initial bet, I mean, it was better than sex for the first time, Luby, which was uh, to come shortly thereafter. But uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, uh, the highest of highs. And, and you should have seen that the car is torched. All of your dreams up in smoke. <laughs> I should have known to get out then, huh? Yeah, you know how far ahead I would be lifetime if I got out right then and there? Now, what fun would it be? And the answer to say. that would be none. <laughs> so we're looking at the chances of the Miami Marlins, our hometown team, of uh, winning the World Series, which we figured were 0, 0.0, Mr. Uh, Blutarski. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, sub-zero. There was no chance. that They had nothing going with pitching. Their offense had been up and down, suspect. I mean, uh, they were one of the lowest scoring teams in Major League Baseball all year long. They just happened to win all of these one-run games, which is uh, something that you would think, well, over the course of time, those things tend to balance out. But they didn't balance out this year. And uh, that that propelled the Marlins into the playoffs, the postseason, with little chance of winning the World Series. And uh, sure enough, uh, they're sitting there and and they're 50-1. to So I happen to look and say, who else is 50-1? to Thinking nobody is the Arizona Diamondbacks. It's the bets you don't make, the chances you don't take that will ruin you psychologically. <laughs> I mean, it's so damaging that uh, you're thinking, wait a minute, one of these 50 to one shots is probably live, and we know who it isn't, Luby. Yeah, it's not the Marlins. It is not the Miami Marlins. No, and the Diamondbacks were playing. I know they struggled down the stretch, but they had their moments, and their pitching lined up in a way the Marlins didn't which is what we're saying. <laughs> and they have the ex-Marlin factor, which is huge in the yeah, postseason. It really is. The yeah. one win that the Minnesota Twins got in their series, which they've now been eliminated from by the Houston Astros, Pablo Lopez. Connection? Yes. Former Miami Marlin. Yeah. yeah. Evaldi for the Texas Rangers. Brilliant. Strange-looking guy out there, uh, isn't he? I mean, uh, the way he kind of walks around the mound, it looks like he's got a whole other uh, agenda going on. But... Uh, Nonetheless, I mean, very effective. Nathan Evaldi, uh, connection, former Marlin. Yes. And uh, yeah, you, know, you have Zach Gallen, who's uh, probably the best pitcher. I mean, you could say that, right? Cy Young uh, Award candidate last year. And, uh, you know, this year he comes back and uh, also has a real good season. Zach Gallen. Yes. Uh, who was he traded for? Was that, that, was uh, jazz. Jazz was jazz. It was the trade that seemed like it was a win for both sides. Yeah. That right now is not a so far. Gallon, I mean, is getting the best of that. I mean, that, that that's not necessarily looking like the chief for Robert Parrish. I mean, uh, for uh, the uh, Joe Barry Carroll, and also the rights to Kevin McHale go with the chief to the Boston Celtics. And I well, one of the worst ever, right? Lou Brock, Ernie yes. Brolio, Nolan Ryan, Jim Fergosi. Not quite in that category by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, I mean, still could block. Solid. Yeah, he's still solid. He's just not great. Yeah. Zach Gallon was great. But you put a left-hander in there against Jazz Chisholm, and uh, this guy is up the track, my friends. <laughs> and trailing the field, I mean, they hit like a like a buck twenty or something. Against <laughs> left-handers, you cannot be a superstar under those circumstances. Very I true. would say, 
But anyway, how do we not take a shot on Arizona? It was right there in front of us, 50 to 1. Now, what would you do? The question is this, and, and we are wimps. We are betting pussies. So <laughs> is it wrong? I mean, is there some kind of demon inside you that, that is so hideous, so horrific, that you actually would think about hedging in the championship series with uh, Arizona, now that they've uh, qualified after sweeping the Dodgers? And they await the winner of the Philadelphia Atlanta Braves series for the right to go to the World Series. So you're still a long way from home, my friends. I think a like long if way you're from hedging home. to still not win. <laughs> right. Gonna... You, you could still lose the bet, which is the way that most of this stuff goes. That's why they're 50 to 1. Exactly. <laughs> we had another example of the signs from the gods of gambling, all pointing in one direction. Uh, when we went to the Kentucky Derby many years back, and, and we're on the scene there, and uh, the day that we find a way to sneak into this place called the Gold Room, which we had no business being in, and uh, we were up there with, like, uh, you know, Phyllis George is sitting there with the former, uh, you know, governor of uh, Kentucky, and Dan Issel is in the, you know, booth there, and now all of these uh, dignitaries, and uh, we're talking to the agent for the jockey, Calvin Burrell, a uh, Kentucky legend, a hard boot, uh, just uh, extraordinaire, this guy. He's still, uh, you know, still riding at like 70 years old. Fit as a fiddle, man. He, he looked like he could go 12 at Delahoya. And uh, sure enough, well, he might have to drop a, you know, might put on a couple of pounds. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, and, and this guy tells us he's riding a horse called Rachel Alexandra on uh, the Friday card in the Kentucky Oaks. This horse is going to romp, uh, you know, and, and the agent tells us about everything but his mount in the derby, which is mind that bird. That day, I'm uh, doing some uh, radio work uh, on the backstretch there. Who walks by me but this guy, uh, Wooly, who was the uh, trainer of Mind That Bird. And I remember thinking to myself, what the fuck is that guy doing back here? How do you get back? <laughs> who did he bribe to even walk out uh, into the panic area, uh, the backstretch area on Kentucky Derby Day? And, uh, and then somebody pointed out, well, he has that horse that's being shipped in by like U-Haul from New Mexico. Uh, no shot to win the derby and this was a known kiss of death i should have immediately known yep, that, uh, okay all signs are pointing where luby to mine that yep. bird and then i see yep. a feature on the horse when i'm uh, waiting at the hotel to go to the track that afternoon and uh, take in the kentucky derby and uh who's the feature on mine that bird Never. do we bet a dime on him <laughs> not one cent I still hear the track announcer on the rail as if a, a flash of uh, bolting uh, lightning. <laughs> it's Calvin Morrell and mine that bird. 50 something to one. Luke. So we whiffed on this. Uh, are, are we pussies for considering hedging if we had Arizona in this thing? And this is only in a mind bet. Think about how sick. Yeah, we don't have the bet. <laughs> we don't have anything. We have nothing on it. And we're worried about hedging. If you're at that point, people. You're in a pile of trouble. <laughs> All right, they, we want to send our regards. Uh, Mary Lou Retton. I was reading uh, Mike Vaccaro's yeah, column in the New York yeah. Post about Mary Lou Retton uh, battling uh, some weird form of pneumonia and uh, clinging to uh, life right now in a hospital, uh, apparently uninsured, which is kind of uh, weird oh, to geez. think of. And so uh, you had to uh, get a uh, GoFundMe uh, page going, or one of her daughters did. And unfortunately, a lot of people responded. But uh, 84 Olympic Games, man, uh, she really stole it, the L.A. Games. And there were a lot of great, uh, Vicaro was referencing all of the great athletes that uh, emerged in 1984, either from the Olympics and or from professional sports, including uh, Michael Jordan. You had Dan Marino coming into the National Football League that year. Uh, you had uh, just uh, 
uh, an incredible number of sensational athletes uh, make their appearance on the scene. Greg Louganis uh, was great in the Olympic Games there, and uh, yet Mary Lou Retton stole everybody's heart and imagination. And uh, then, you know, it was uh, a very uh, enjoyable presence when she was even a commentator uh, uh, for many, many years on TV. But what wasn't she selling? I, I think she was selling everything that Travis Kelsey uh, isn't selling right now. Imagine when you're selling a vaccine. That, that's that's when you've hit uh, the Q rating where uh, you, you could pretty much sell everything or <laughs> anything at that point, right? All right. Um, you know, so anyway, Mary Lou Retton, we, we wish her all the best uh, as uh, we uh, make our exit here on today's edition. Uh, just remember, people, uh, remember to read the signs from the gods of gambling, correct? Read the signs. I also, I, you know, I want to close out with this because uh, we were, you know, trying to figure out you know, what song would be appropriate about uh, about betting Arizona. And it would be something maybe to do with superstition. And I didn't realize this, that my entire life, I mean, this is another one of those songs that you thought you knew and you've been singing the wrong lyrics your whole life. I, I, I thought it was, there is superstition writing on the wall. But it's nothing like that, right? Stevie Wonder, what was he thinking? What drug was he on when he wrote, very superstitious writings on the wall what was the other line on that nobody ever knows that the uh, second and third line of the song. ladder about to fall <laughs> what is that <laughs> oh oh because you know if you walk under a ladder there you know that's yes, like a superstitious thing yeah. okay that makes more sense than i thought uh, when i originally uh, saw the lyric but but I, I i never knew the uh you know i never knew that was the second line of the song did you i never heard that ladder i didn't even know the first line <laughs> it's the same thing oh yeah come over nobody knows the second line Right? Oh, yeah, come over. And I'm thinking, what, what music school allowed the uh, guy to uh, graduate that wrote that song when he was writing lyrics like, <laughs> how do you even write that? <laughs> Nobody knew it was me, Ritmo, the uh, second uh, line of that song. But uh, anyway, uh, follow superstitions. Take a shot on those 50 to 1 shots. And if you get to this point and you're hedging, you are a weak. And a pathetic human being. That's what I was thinking when I thought about uh, hedging on a mind bet is, is probably as sick as it gets in degeneracy. All right, we have to run. Thanks so much for being with us. North Carolina to stop all over the University of Miami. Mario Cristobal, that is inexcusable. I hate to dump on a guy, right? I mean, uh, look, we all make mistakes. But that, not knowing the basic, basic fundamentals of your own job, how can you then yell at a kid, grab a kid like you were Bobby Knight and say, hey, well, I said cover two. Exactly. And the kid's got to fire back. Take a knee, Mario. Yeah, exactly, Coach. Take a fucking knee. Exactly. I think it cost them their season. I think North Carolina romps in that game, so you may as well go ahead and unload on UM uh, to win that one. Uh, getting three and a hook on the road against North Carolina. Pretty good team. Just shellacked my Syracuse Orange. All right, we'll see you next time on the morning briefing. From Mike Louie-Louis, it's always a pleasure, my friend. I'm Jeff DeForest, and uh, we'll see you next time here on nofilter.net. 